franchising is the most misunderstood and most overlooked form of entrepreneurship. We're here to educate you and help you find the entrepreneur within. Franchising is not all about the French fries. We find that individuals who are exploring business ownership tend to have a lot of misperceptions and misunderstandings about the franchise industry. So what we want to do is help prospective business owners make confident and educated decisions before moving forward or not moving forward with a business. Welcome to Unpredicted Entrepreneur. And welcome to episode 52 of Unpredicted Entrepreneur. My name is Sarah Wasco, and I am joined by my colleague, Roxanne Rabsky. And we created this podcast to bring you information and education about business ownership and specifically franchising. And it is our pleasure today to welcome uh, one of our FranNet clients here from Dallas, Fort Worth. His name is Keith Mensa. Keith and I worked together back in 2022 to help him find a business. He is a young entrepreneur. He is the new owner of, let me make sure I get the name right, president and owner of Elevated Exposure Signs and Graphics. So Keith, welcome to Unpredicted Entrepreneur. Thank you for joining us today. I appreciate it. Appreciate the invite. Absolutely. So one of the things, Roxanne and I talk about this a lot, is our clients have gotten younger. We've mm-hmm. both been in the business for, I've been in it 11 years. She's been in it 15, 16 years now, right? Yep. And when we started, the majority of our clients were late 40s and up and had done a stint in corporate America and were ready for a change. And you came to me as an early 30s entrepreneur-minded young man who'd had some career um, experience, had some corporate experience, but came from an entrepreneurial family and just kind of had that bug to do your own business. So share with us just a little bit about your career, the first part of your career uh, before deciding you wanted to own your own business. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So uh, I'm originally from St. Paul, Minnesota, Maplewood area. And uh, so I grew up and I got my undergrad degree in the Metro Urban Studies. And after in what studies? Metro Urban Studies. Metro yeah. Urban Studies. Okay. okay. I.e. City Planning. So okay. City Planning. So City Planning. Yep. Okay. So I did that. Uh, so after, right after undergrad, I worked for a little bit as a property manager uh, for a small nonprofit called Model Cities. Then I went to grad school at University of North Carolina Chapel Hill, and I got my master's in the same field, uh, City Regional Planning. And after grad school, I went back home to Minnesota, and I worked for a company called uh, St. Paul Port Authority. And there I was a grant writer for a little bit. So I uh, I wrote grants to the EPA um, to get money so we could invest in brownfields. And brownfields are basically contaminated soil that nobody wants. And with the grant money, we would use it to clean it up, remediate the soil, and literally sell it to a developer um, oh. for like a dollar, literally a dollar. And But in return, they would bring jobs and tax base, increase the tax base of the city. So that was my job, along with doing uh, property management. Um, to make a long story less long, I ended up uh, getting this weird uh, affliction for uh, self-driving cars. So I was in this leadership program uh, called New Leaders Council, and you have to do a capstone of your choice on a new project. And I chose self-driving cars and how it's going to impact cities and uh, how to how, how we can prepare for it. Uh, and that ended up, ended up morphing into another job at the uh, Minnesota DOT, Department of Transportation. So I worked for the Connected Automated Vehicle um, department for about two years and uh, COVID hit was going to re- relocate and around the same time 
my parents were getting ready to start selling their business, their home healthcare business. And I had the unique fortune of uh, taking over the real estate part of their business. Um, so we were going to, as I started that phase and that property of selling the group homes to reinvest it into our market-based um, portfolio, uh, we were going to do that in Minneapolis. And unfortunately, that was around the same time of the George Floyd incident. And oh, uh, right. some things, uh, well, a lot of things went up in flames and the market changed dramatically in Minnesota. Um, so we ended up taking, I ended up deciding, you know, I'll, I wanted to leave Minnesota, just explore something different. Uh, so I ended up looking at Austin to do our first investment. Uh, went to Austin. It was too inflated. Uh, Austin's a great city. No knock on Austin, but it's way too inflated for me. So uh, I ended up checking out Dallas. I have an uncle here, and he helped me get our first property. Uh, so I was doing real estate investment for a little bit. And then uh, as a family, we really couldn't decide on our real estate type. And literally not too long after that first property purchase, the market went crazy again with interest rates. It went dropped dramatically, and uh, market flooded, and prices of homes went up, and it was hard to compete for houses and whatnot. And uh, so we had a come-to-Jesus moment and uh, as a family, and we decided, you know, let's pivot a little bit and look into buying commercial property. Um, but let's be the, the anchor tenant and the landlord. And uh, so he's like, well, let's look into franchises to start, to start off with. And that's when I crossed paths with you. That's awesome. So I thought it was really relevant to hear your background because we have many conversations with prospective business owners that are apprehensive about not potentially having experience mm -hmm. in a business. They think they need to start a business where they have experience. And you went from city planning mm -hmm. to grant writing to self-driving cars to commercial real estate, and now you own a sign company. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, it's just interesting, the, the tricks and lefts and turns and, mm -hmm. you know, all those things that people uh, – pursue and kind of follow in order to get to their, um, whatever the outcome might be. So, um, you know, wait, I have a question really quick about, yeah. um, so you wanted to be the anchor and the tenant in this commercial building. So did mm -hmm. you actually buy the building that you're located in? No. So, uh, we quickly realized, uh, the, mo the capital intensity of oh, just starting okay. a franchise. And, uh, well, I did at least. And, uh, we, uh, we, we decided, you know what, let's, before we do two things at once, um, let's maybe start with one and then in future, uh, go back to the original plan we had. Well, the interesting, and I think and you probably know this cause you've mm -hmm. talked to plenty of the sign world owners, but one of the things that a lot of them do is once they grow their business and they grow out of the space that they're in, the next thing is usually buying a commercial building. So yeah, that, that could be move. your path. Yeah. That's, that's the hope. That's the, that's the hope. Yeah. That's the hope to get okay. to get, get back to that real estate side I have. Yeah. So, so um, you mentioned that when things weren't going as you expected with real estate, you decided to pursue franchising and that is how we met. So tell me what it was about franchising that, um, uh, piqued your interest and that you prompted you to pursue learning more? Yeah. Um, for me personally, outside of my, I'm not gonna speak on top for my family cause it was a family decision, but for me personally, it was, um, the unique privilege I had, uh, of having parents and family who could support me financially to get this off the ground. Uh, so I was like, why not, why not try it? Um, and then the second thing that was really enticing about franchising was some of the structure that comes in place mm -hmm. prior to, um, you know, the, you can give me a white canvas, but I do like a little bit of guidelines here and there, not too many, but a little bit uh, to follow the rules, just to learn, just to get my feet wet and learn the ins and outs of it and uh, get the support of it. Um, and I will also say 
the unique market and time and place of Dallas, Fort Worth, where I was in at the time. Um, you know, I think this is a place where um, a lot of people were flocking to. A lot of people were coming to. I think, I'm, and I, don't quote me on this, but I think they're still one of the fastest growing metros in the country. Absolutely, um, yeah. So I think business, uh, the right business choice could be very profitable and promising. Uh, so I took advantage of the, the time and place I was at. Wonderful. Um, so you mentioned starting the FranNet process and um, Roxanne already kind of alluded to your, your business is called Elevated Exposure, mm-hmm. but it is part of a, diff- a larger organization called Sign World. So mm-hmm. um, we can talk a little bit about that here in a minute. But we introduced you to some brands. Mm-hmm. Um, one was a healthy eating, one was fitness and one uh, was obviously this one that you ended up choosing. So tell us a little bit about kind of that process and your thought process as you started learning and doing your due diligence. Yeah, yeah. So prior to doing my due diligence, I uh, I already knew that Sun was not the one I was going to go with. Uh, <laughs> I love If this. I'm being honest, you know, like it was um, uh, like I, I assumed that I'll be making signs. I assumed that I'll be installing signs and my handwriting so atrocious that I came and draw. So to to do graphics alone was just not my thing. Like I'm not the I'm the least artistic person you ever meet, right? And uh, least creative one sense of visual creation. I'm not that type. Uh, so um, I do try to go to the gym a lot, and I do think fitness is a big thing. Uh, I'm not the I'm not a healthy eater by any means because I if I say that, if I don't if I don't put that disclaimer out there, my friends and family will call me out a lie. <laughs> but uh, I do work out as much as I can. Uh, but, uh, you know what to eat. Maybe you just don't follow your own, um, uh, guidelines and rules all the time. Right. That is perfectly said. Yep. That's well, you on. haven't hit 40 yet. <laughs> <laughs> Five years from now, I'm going so, so I'm going to take advantage of it while I got it. But, uh, the fitness one just seemed more enticing that environment that, that, cause to me in my head, it was like, Oh, I, I like to go to the gym. I go to the gym, you know, four to five days out the week and you know, why not make a business out of it? Um, so familiarity too, right? That's what it initially attracted you to that and made you think that that would be a better business for you. Exactly. I think you yeah. asked me specifically about fitness too, I did. like what opportunities in fitness were out there. Cause coming in, you were kind of thinking that, right? I did. Yep. Yeah. Yep. 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 And I remember thinking to myself, like, start with why, uh, what was my why? And at the time I thought, you know, and I still do think that fitness is a great healer and a great way to center your, yourself and your mind and whatnot. Um, so I was, that was my purpose and I wanted to keep going down that route. Um, so, I mean, I, I don't, I, I don't, I didn't deviate from that thought process so much, but once I did my due diligence, I realized that the sign world, um, format had a lot more of what I'm looking for and I, things I didn't know I was looking for that I actually appreciated. So I, I, I have to be open and honest about the sign world folks to, to my sign world family that I was not, you're not my first choice. Uh, I'm sure the they've heard that before. Yeah, I'm sure they have. So that kind of being said, I earlier used the word, I assumed I would be doing some banking signs and drawing things and a lot of those things. And um, a lot of people working with us make assumptions mm-hmm. about different opportunities without really understanding the brand. Yeah. And so one of the things Roxanne and I really strive to um, ask our clients to to do is be open-minded. We kind of have what we call the open mind lecture and really learn from the franchisor before ruling something out without really understanding Mm -hmm. the model. Mm -hmm. And you're a good example of someone who is in a business now that had that been presented to you on a list 
would not have been something that you would have chosen. Is that correct? Spot on. Yeah. Yeah, spot on. Yeah, I think uh, I read this article a long time ago about how you shouldn't date uh, people based off a checklist because, you don't, you know, people aren't checklists or people aren't checklist items. Uh, they're more dynamic than that. And yeah. I think same thing goes for businesses, right? Um, you, sh- you shouldn't date or assume that a certain business is going to be this, that, and third based off a checklist. So I think you should do, do your due diligence and see what other things are out there because uh, things might be added to that checklist that you didn't know you wanted on there or things that you didn't think you would like or not. So that 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 open-mindedness was, I think, the only thing I did right in our process together. <laughs> so, you did a lot of things right. <laughs> I appreciate it. Obviously, because you ended <laughs> yeah. up here. So what? So after you got through that first round of calls and started learning about Sign World, what was it that did attract you? And how did Sign World actually surface and come to the top of that list for you? Mm-hmm. I've heard a lot of other owners say this, um, but once you have that first interaction with Sign World, I don't know what it is, but you just start noticing signs. Uh, you just start seeing it. Yeah, it's when you're going to buy a car, you see every car on the road that looks just like that. It's just the way it goes, interestingly. Yeah, so I thought, mm-hmm. like, I don't know, something something was, I was like pre-programmed differently, or I don't know what happened. But, yeah, I started seeing signs. To, and to your point, that, exact sen- that example was very real for me. Um, so I started noticing signs, and then that made me just automatically think about the demand and the, the need for signs, right? And, you know, I think – all of us, to some extent, have this intrinsic desire to have some type of relevancy in the world and have some type of um, imprint that leaves our mark on the world in whatever unique way we want to. And for me, I was like, I thought it'd be cool from a business standpoint to have to produce signs for people or businesses. Um, so that was the first intriguing point that really got me, um, that piqued my interest. Um, and then once I started talking to more people, um, I remember somebody telling me that, you know, it's also recession proof. Around this time, uh, there was this. Uh, lingering fear or people talking about this this coming recession and uh someone told me you know when the when the economy is good people need signs that say we're open for business um we're hiring xyz when the economy's bad unfortunately people need signs saying you know going out of business liquidation sale and whatnot so there's always a need for signs um and then another thing that, that really turned me on to the sign world particularly sign world uh was they didn't have any franchise fees up front. Um, they don't, and I think technically they're not a franchise, but they right. operate like a franchise. So that mm-hmm. was really appealing for me where you get that one-time upfront help, um, but you also get lifetime support like a franchise. So uh, it's not like you just hear, here you go, you're off the nest, go fly, figure it out. It's here, we'll get you started. You're, you can stay in the nest as long as you need to. You can get the help you need, but you know, we, we do expect you to soar and spread your wings, but we're not going to take anything from you, from you after that. You paid us up front, but you got us for uh, a long time, as long as you need us, as long as you want us to be around. So that was really appealing for me because um, I know I needed that. Um, I had some work experience, and I did have some good relevant experience, but I didn't have enough where I felt comfortable to, you know, just have somebody throw me out there and, right, just, and yeah. figure out, if, say, figure it out. Uh, I did want some guidance, and I, I do <laughs> I do call Dan Warner a lot from Sign World. Uh, I think I call him more than some of my my family members, so uh, <laughs> so I appreciate him. But uh, yeah, it was it was that, and then also seeing the fruits of your labor. Um, yeah. You know, it's cool because I get to I'm way to work. I did a sign for my personal trainer, and I get passed by his gym, and uh, I get to see the sign I did for him after a storm. <laughs> so a, a, there was a storm, and his sign fell off, and he asked me to put it up for him. So I get to get to do that. Or um, some, I did a I did a wall mural for a bubble tea shop in uh, Arlington, and I drive by and sometimes I can see parts of my sign, um, or the wall mural that we did for them. I can see that as I pass by there. Um, I can see signs I've done yard signs I've done for people and X Y Z. So 
uh, it does feel good, right? It's a little ego stroke to see that, uh, okay, I did the sign, I did that sign, I did the sign. So uh, it feels good. It feels real good. Yeah, cool. it's that's great. And I remember a few years ago, I had a client and he did auto body repair. Mm-hmm. And he was used to seeing a damaged vehicle and a repaired vehicle. And so he needed that visual. And that was a topic of conversation when we were looking at opportunities. So it's a similar deal. Mm-hmm. A lot of businesses, dry cleaning, mosquito control, what have you, they're great businesses, but you don't see that yeah. finished that product. finished product yeah. exactly yeah. yeah and another thing i remember about our uh, discussions was your comfort level with building your own brand yeah. because as you mentioned the sign world model is unique mm-hmm. um there's lots of owners that are in the system but everybody creates their own brand within that May you know within the sign world system, and not everybody's comfortable with that. I mean, a lot of people will tell us they want a recognized brand, yeah. they want, and if you build it, they will come kind mm-hmm. of business. So it does take that. I remember you telling me that you were creative. So yeah. while you did say you know you can't write or what have you, mm-hmm. um, you have a creative side, and you liked that element of kind of being able to build your own brand but yet still have the support of a similar scenario to a franchise. Yeah. Yeah. And, and going back to why I think Sarah was so appealing, it was they had those, they, they give you a canvas, but they gave you guidelines and they don't, they operate within this unique space of being uh, constructive, but not taking away from um, creativity. And that was, and that was really important for me, right? Like I wanted those, those uh, guiding steps, but also wanted their freedom to roam. Um, you know, I didn't want to be on a leash, but I wanted to be somewhat within confines that I could operate with within and run around as much as I want. And uh, Sarah gave me that. So with this one, even picking the name, the name of my business, um, picking the colors and working with other people to decide on my slogan and my my mission statement and my vision statement and um, figuring out um, where I want to be located and, and figuring out the type of culture I want to build in my business and all that. That one was another appeal that I didn't mention earlier that really got me intrigued. Because uh, you know, I think, again, going back to the day, what, how I want to feel at the end of the day, uh, it feels good to build something that, that works. Yeah. <laughs> and it feels good to to see the growth from it, right? Like uh, hopefully 10 years from now, when I look back, I can say, we well, you know this, I remember these days when I had one employee or we were, we, we weren't breaking even yet and whatnot. Uh, where I could say, well, because of this, that, and third, and there's a culture we created and this, that, and third, and we were able to implement this practice and learn this and talk about this. And we learned from this mistake that we can see how far we, how far back we went. Um, and we, we could do that based off of the culture and the brand that we built. Wow. So the no rules part of that is is attractive to you for sure. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But once again, with the support. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So how long have you been in business? And and tell us how it's been. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we filed, I think I officially came incorporated July 7th of 2022, but we didn't get up and running uh, consistently with orders until February of 2023 of this year. Okay. Um, so, it's really pretty quick to yeah. get your location and get your equipment mm-hmm. and get your doors open. And I think you were intentional about slow and steady wins the race, too. You didn't try to jump the gun. You really want to make sure you had everything ready before you open your doors. I did. I, I thought I was ready, but I wasn't ready. But yes, <laughs> well, that, I that was my that intent. happens to everyone. <laughs> that was my intent, though. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but how it's been, it's been. It's been amazing. Um, like I said, we haven't, I'll be honest with you, we haven't made profit yet. But uh, in terms of the learning growth 
or the uh, learning curve. Uh, I mentioned earlier, it's the steepest learning curve I've ever had in my life, but that is so stimulating. Um, no project, no client, no customer, no day is the same. And for uh, someone like me who needs that constant simulation or someone like me who can be impulsive or uh, needs variation and diversity, it's, it's the best thing ever. Um, I can't tell you, I'm like people ask me like, who's your target audience or who's your target customer or what's your cu customer persona? There's a couple similarities. And I think the biggest one is that they're just decision makers on whether uh -huh. what kind of sign they want. But outside of that, titles are different. Perspectives are different. Needs are different. Understanding is different. Uh, for all my customers, customer type is different. Like I literally, like I said, done job for a bubble tea shop and I've done jobs for uh, a Dick Sporting Good, which is like, you know, two completely different markets. Uh, I've done jobs for customers who are starting their own business and they're they're in their mid-20s. I've done jobs for people who've been uh, starting their their serial entrepreneurs and they're just doing uh, that random time that they need. So every day is so random. Um, and then the product type is so random, right? It could be as small as business cards. It can be as large as uh, a fleet of vehicle graphics that I'm doing. So there's nothing that's the same. So that for me is the best thing. Like, I love that. Exciting. I love that. Um, and I get selfish. I get to go out and do site surveys and I get to talk to people and see what they do. And I get to learn about their business, right? Whether I, whether I want to or not, I get to learn about it, see it, get to go behind the scenes. And I get to talk to them and I get to uh, build relationships. Um, you know, it's it's cool going to grand openings. That's one of my favorite things going to grand openings. And that's a that's a perk of a job. So so you feel it. So yeah. So uh so you know how you know how it is to see where okay, I, I was I got sneak peek prior to and I get to contribute to your sneak to your yeah. grand opening. So that always feels good. Um like I said, I'm I'm speaking very selfishly, but there are uh things that I can see other people grow and do that feels good for me as well. So that's been the best part from between now and uh, starting back in February. That's awesome. Yeah. It is. And you shared with me a lot of what you've learned. And I remember something that really stood out to me. And you talked about like cliche statements. Oh, oh yes. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, some soft skills and yeah. how valuable you found some of that to be. So why don't you share some of that with our listeners? Yeah. Yeah. I remember growing up, <clears throat> I remember growing up, uh, people always saying, or the other adults and mentors and uh, people I looked to for advice would always tell me, you know, work hard or, um, you know, be good to people. People like to work with people they like or, um, you know, um, communicate, communicate, communicate or um, things like show up on time and or, you know, um, you know, over, over, uh, was it not, not. Overpromise under promise and over-deliver. Under promise and over-deliver. We, <laughs> under none of us know how to say it. Yes. <laughs> um, you know, never, never repeat the same mistake twice. Um, you know, and those are things I heard and I, you know, I took with a grain of salt and not even a grain of salt. I just took, I heard it and, you know, yeah, yeah. Right. It, exactly what it was. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, you know, I want to hear the more uh, technical things. Like what are the technical secrets like you have? Like what skills do I need to learn? What programs do I need to learn? What computer software do I have to do, do this and that and third? And what, uh, what is, what's a, what's a unique, uh, business organization that I should get involved with so I can elevate my career and, and do that and, and, um, Whatnot. And those are things I was looking for and asking for. But once I started this entrepreneurial journey, I quickly learned why hard work is important. Uh, I quickly learned why picking up the phone and returning a call is vital for your business growth. Yeah. Um, I, I've had multiple customers tell me that, hey, you got my business because you picked up the phone. Mm -hmm. um, that blew my mind to this day. Right? Um, I've had people tell me, um, you know, hey, you know, you weren't the cheapest, but I really enjoyed talking to you. I really like working with you. You're, 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 you're fun to, to, to work with. 
I want to keep coming back to you. Or I've had, you know, someone call me and say, hey, so-and-so recommended you. And they said they really enjoyed the experience with you. Um, and they didn't mention the cost of what I charged that person, but they just said that, you know, they enjoyed working with you. So I want to work with you as well. Um, and that's not to say I haven't been beat down by price <laughs> from customers <laughs> before, but uh, for the most part, those little soft skills, those t- those intangibles that you can't really measure are, are valuable. Um, and then even my first hire, uh, his name is Emery. He is one of those people who just has a good attitude every day. Um, he has, he's one of those people who he comes in, first thing he says is, yo, yo, what's going on? How are you doing this? You know, and he's excited. When every project comes in, he gets super excited. Um, he's just happy. And, you know, and from being on that side of the desk or as an entrepreneur and as a boss, uh, I remember I remember my previous employers telling me, hey, you have a good attitude. You're a good person. And on my employee reviews or my monthly re- or quarterly reviews or whatever, and I remember like, I don't want to hear that. I want to hear about my performance. Like, you know, you did this project or you mm-hmm. you had these qualitative things to measure, which was, you know, still good to hear. But being on the side, I really see why and I appreciate why employers wanted employees with good attitudes or mm-hmm. have, employee, have employees who have an open mind or have employees who are willing to listen and go the distance. Because uh, those things you can't you can't quantify. Um, I'm sure you can quantify in a paycheck, but uh, some things you can't, you employers, just can't measure. Yeah. They can't, it's hard for them to teach that. Right. And just, there's not a time in the day to teach that. Right. And to not have to is a huge benefit, huge benefit. So, so that's a great segue, learning all these things that you've experienced and, and learned in mm-hmm. your business um, and these cliches that have come to fruition. What advice would you give somebody that came to you and said, hey, if I wanted to go down this path that you went down, what kind of advice would you give me? The path of like going down a sign company, just entrepreneurship, entrepreneurship in general. In general. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would say the first thing is stay curious. Um, curiosity did kill the cat, but also <laughs> uh, curiosity also did open. Up, I think it opens up doors for a lot of things. When you ask questions and you stay inquisitive, um, you really do get to hear different, unique ideas and thoughts that you can formulate and make your own. Um, I would say after that, um, your confidence will be tested. Um, and you know, I think you're gonna have days where your confidence is not all there, but it's not about the days where your confidence is low. It's about coming back the next day. Right. It's about, um, you know, when your confidence is tested, you know, you might fail, you might mess up, but having a short memory where you forget about it and you go back at, you go back at it. Uh, you know, I'm a big college basketball fan. I remember I hear commentators every now and then say, you know, he's a good athlete because he has a short memory because he can forget or she can mm-hmm. forget what they, how they took a bad shot or they made a bad play. And the next play, they come back and do it again as if it never happened before because um, they're not lingering to that mistake they made. They, they didn't, they're not clinging on to it. Um, so I think having that curiosity, but also having a short memory when it comes to your mistakes, but learning from mistakes is vital. And um, I think the third thing is, well, you didn't ask for three. I'm giving you three. But uh, <laughs> I'll say for me personally, also reading um, goes into that. Try to read as much as you can. I think reading helps you articulate your ideas. Reading helps you uh, formulate ideas. Reading helps you um, convey ideas. Um, reading helps you realize which, realize that there's so much to learn. Um, so, uh, yeah, yeah. Those are right now, but 
Let's come back to that those maybe. Are good. No, no we're those good. are good. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. We are so grateful that you joined us today, took time out of your busy business ownership yeah. life to uh, come chat with us today and share your experiences. Keith, if somebody is listening today and needs some signage for their business or their vehicle, how would they reach you? Yes, yes. Please call me at 469-868-8550. Um, you can check out our website, uh, elevatedexposuredfw.com. Uh, or you can send me an email at Keith at Elevated Exposure DFW.com. And that's E L E V A T E D E X P O S U R E D F W. So wonderful. And I really appreciate you both for having me. Thank, thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. For those of you listening, please follow Sarah and I on LinkedIn. You can find us there. I'm Roxanne Rapsky, R A P S K E. Sarah with no H, W-A-S-K-O-W. You can also find us on Frannet.com and on our YouTube channel at Frannet of Dallas, Fort Worth, and Oklahoma. Lastly, you can find Unpredicted Entrepreneur on any of the podcasting platforms. Thank you for joining us today. Have a great day. Bye-bye. Bye.